Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yep, we're back. The trifecta is back. Me, Stan and Jim are here. Episode 124 of the podcast. And lads, there's been a lot to talk about this weekend. Well, a lot to talk about from 12 yards out. Am I right, Stan? Yes, definitely. 22 goals scored in this Premier League game week. Seven of them coming from the spot, which is almost a third. And, and had Seamus Coleman not embarrassingly tried to kick it at Schlupp, it would have been exactly a third before Conor Gallagher, <laughs> Conor Gallagher put that third away for, for Crystal Palace. And yeah, nobody missed, surprisingly. So seven penalties, nobody missed. And not only that, it was the difference for United, City, Liverpool and Chelsea who got two. So since you got two cut, we'll go straight to Stamford Bridge. <laughs> do you wanna, I've not seen either of these penalties. Um, do you want to talk? We'll, we'll, try and, we'll try and fly through all the penalties and try and... You know, say whether we thought they were one, whether whether VAR should have overturned. An old you know, to whatever. Dermot Gallagher, this. Yeah, over to Dermot. Yeah, over to Dermot, who's on, on record. Go on, Dermot, run us through. Uh, I think if we follow the rules to a T, these are both penalties. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that is something you would say. Well, rules are rules. Well, all right. I don't think Dermot. he's ever disagreed with us. <laughs> all right, Dermot, just because they're the rules don't mean they're the shite rules, mate. But no, uh, Rudiger won both these penalties for us. One. He, he turned into prime Ronaldo and just sold somebody in the box, got snapped, pen. And then in the second one, uh, I can't remember, it was maybe Click, Matthias Click for Leeds, just stupidly, yeah, si- very similar to uh, the uh, one with Thiago Silva and Wan Basaka Stan. If you've not seen it, had his back to him, just kind of kicked through the yeah. back of him, felt the contact and just hit the deck. And Jorginho tucked them both away very coolly and we were lucky to win 3-2 in the end. It was a lucky win for us. Very lucky. Oh, oh, actually, no, it's eight. Eight out of 22 because Leeds got a penalty as well. I forgot about that one. Leeds oh, yeah. Well, scoring oh, yeah. Cook. I think Cook, um, Chelsea have conceded more in, in December than they did from August to November. So any, any word on that? A lot of goals going in at the moment. Any reason? Uh, six words. Say no to the December slump. That's all I have to say. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So, yeah, I mean, Rudiger there caused a lot of problems for Leeds on the pitch and caused a few off the pitch at the end of it, Cook. Uh, do you want to talk us through that one? Was he what was he winding people up? I've seen Leeds fans talking about them filling the pockets for April and throwing all sorts at uh, Rudiger. Well, that's if he's even there, Cook. He may uh, he may leave yeah. in January, but go on. Yeah. Do you want to well, talk us through that one, the little scuffle off the pitch for anyone who hasn't seen it? Well, everyone, everyone knows you don't fucking mess with him. That's that's first and foremost. He's he's That's why he's the GOAT! to go off a late meme <laughs> but uh, nah he's, he's always up for a scrap and if there was someone in our team who 110% you could guess who would be in the scrap it would be him he won both the penalties Leeds were crying about the second penalty listen it's a penalty deal with it you're shite we, we, we deserve to win I think 3-2 did flatter them but it's just at this moment in time we're having to use the same players and it is telling at the moment so Chelsea might do a little bit of January business. I'm more inclined to think now, maybe a couple. Uh, I know we've been linked with a, a centre-back from Fenerbahce who plays for Hungary for about 25 million. No idea who he is. But in this game, we, we should have won. We've we've still conceded cheap goals, which is worrying at the moment. But yeah, Rudiger, two assists, well, winning two penalties and then starting a massive fight at the end with every Leeds player. And he would have twatted them all. If, if Lukaku would have, have let him go 
But Drink. there's two people I don't want to be in between. Well, maybe, maybe I do actually. It depends, but it may be in a different type <laughs> of situation. Well, anyway, yeah, maybe, we'll maybe with Netflix or Disney Plus, not football. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll go str- up to Manchester. We'll go to the early kickoff. Manchester City versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. There was three penalties in the Chelsea Leeds game. There could have potentially have been three penalties in this game, Jim. And maybe the one that City got was the least likely to be given out of them all. Do you want to talk us through? The penalty shouts and the uh, penalty that you received and whether or, you know, and why VAR should have overruled it. Um, yeah, we yeah we got a dubious call, didn't we? Let's face it. Um, Allegedly. Maybe maybe we shouldn't have had a penalty. There was, all, there was just like half shouts, you know what I mean? But the, the one that we actually got, I think, I'm guessing the reason they give it is just for some reason Martinez arm is just like in the earth, like, it's, it's such an unnatural position that he's put himself into, but the contact, when they watch the replay and slow it down about 20 times, I don't think they can conclusively say that it hit his arm. Well, then, I don't know, could they conclusively say that it didn't hit his arm? I don't know. It's one of these shit VAR things that they can't decipher, yeah. but I mean, I thought that's what it was brought in for. Um, if it will, obviously, I was watching the game open, they give the penalty, but if it was anybody else, I'd be thinking, Jesus Christ, please don't give this penalty. That's just, it's, that. it's, like, it's not a penalty, is it? Let's face it. Um, no. There was one on Raheem Sterling where I think it's eight Nori grabbed his arm, but then let go. Like, just boy went down. So you never see them different anyway. It's just kind of like shouts in there. I think the Kilmer one in the first half was the biggest shout City would have had for a penalty because I know his arm's by his side, but yes, he leans towards the ball. And yeah. His arm's not unnatural position, but him leaning towards the ball and stopping across his arm, to me, is more of a penalty than hitting Martino's armpit in the second half. Yeah, it was very, very Reese James against Liverpool where his arms tucked him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Obviously, it's not stopping a goal. So, should that affect whether it's a penalty or not, if it's not directly stopping a goal, you know, where it is, I'm I'm not really sure, but... John Moss Moss made an absolute mess of the game. Um, and I think he kind of backed himself into the corner in giving certain decisions. If, for example, in the first half, the Jimenez yellow on its own isn't a yellow, but he let so many tackles go beforehand. Um, and then he tried, and then it kind of was, there was a bit of argy bargy between a few players. Um, I think it was Saiz who got an arm to the face from Sterling, and then there's a bit of batters between Rodri and a few other players. So then, he quickly booked two City players not long before the first Jimenez yellow. So I think he'd seen that Jimenez attack on thought, well, I have to give yellow now. But he wasn't reckoning it. He'd lost control at the point. And then Jimenez did the, did the stupid decision, like a rush of blood to the head and got himself turned off. Um, yeah. I think yeah, he, he spent about like, five minutes getting off the pitch. And I think it was pure embarrassment from what he's done because yeah. he has, you know, especially in a big game. Because Wolves are doing really well. He was frustrating City. And then to not give so many calls... Well, there wasn't penalties, but when a home team gets so many shouts and the ref has lost control, to me, that's what has happened. And that hasn't overturned it. I think if he hadn't given that call and then we've gone to the screen to maybe overturn a no penalty decision, it would have put it on the field stand. Yeah. Yeah. So we got away with it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it seemed like one of those games where if City were going to win it, it was going to be you know from the penalty spots or some sort of shot that got deflected it didn't seem like City could break them down that well and you know fair play to uh, to Wolves for that they played City and Liverpool and lost by a last minute Origi goal and a, and a City penalty which Raheem Sterling scored cut and 
the uh, join the 100 club, which we'll have to mention, I think the 22nd or 23rd player to do that. So a very elite club considering the amount of players that's um, that's played in the Premier League throughout the years, not to mention the goal scorers that aren't even in it. I know Ronaldo's not in it um, just yet. yet. So eight and nine, go- eight and nine goals until he, he is or, you know... We Weird that he's not in it. There, but, well, yeah, he, he, he's, when, when he started getting better, he... he he fucked off to Madrid, didn't he? On the absolute three years at the top of United. So, uh, <laughs> he scored 80 odd league goals and then left. So, um, but I'm sure that 100 will be in his sights. But fair play to Raheem Sterling, uh, 100 club taking that penalty, slotting it down the middle, a little bit risky with how low it was. But, you know, fair play to them. And, and yeah, I think John he Moss fucked it up, not- you know. I think he tried to penenker it or something. Yeah. I don't. Well, well, I, well, I, I, well, I think it's a very weird penny. It was a very weird. I thought it was very composed. It's always risk- going down the middle. I would go down the middle, but to go down the middle so low to the ground is risky because keepers are so tall that even if they dive, the feet can like get in the way. But he yeah. scored. Doesn't matter. Cut. They all count. Made it hundred. Hey. I'm. Su- I would normally be surprised that Sterling would take it because there's probably better strikers of the ball in that City team from the spot. But well, with him being on ninety-nine goals, you, you know, you've he, got he to give trust- it to him there, and he scored. So he gets trusted on a lot of penalties, a lot more than you'd think. Yeah. Well, well, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think behind Gundogan, he's penalty taker. And yeah, well, he, he Gund- Gundogan just him. went off, didn't he? Gundogan yeah, just yeah. had a cleared off the line, went off, and then City got it five or six minutes later. But yeah, yeah. John Moss made a bad decision for the penalty, but it wasn't the worst decision of the day with uh, him and doing what he did, getting booked and then blocking yeah. the free kick about 40 seconds after. But um, we'll move on. Where else was there a penalty? There was a penalty we'll Friday on, night. I, Burmo scoring. Yeah. Uh, Tielemann scored. Uh, from the spot, Madison never should have been a penalty. Um, I can't think of anywhere else. Oh, Liverpool oh, got one oh, a little bit. Oh, I can't stand. Bit. Oh, I, I can't. I, well, I think I think Liverpool, Chelsea, and City all got penalties they shouldn't have got, and ultimately won the game. Yeah, I think I think they were all. Well, I've not seen the Chelsea ones. I've seen the Liverpool and, and the yeah, uh, obviously the City. Well, well you watch it tonight. It was a sky price boost. It was the, the price the Chelsea boost. Chelsea one is not. It was. It was. Yeah, well, yeah. there you go. The conspiracy well, look, I think. Yeah. I think the second one is just it's so stupid from Click because it's right at the end of the game. But at the same time, I didn't think that I I didn't think the one against Thiago Silva against United was a penalty because it was just I don't know. I just wasn't a penalty. Then and the second and the first one was even more not a penalty for me. And then the Salah one, I think Salah fouls Mings and then Mings falls over yeah. and then it's Salah. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's I, one of them. Either, either way, there's two dives and one handball that wasn't handball, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, three, three massive. I mean, we we've got eight penalties to go through, so you know, three massive wins there for the top three. All, all winning one nil with. Oh no, what? Chelsea getting a, a three-two with two penalties helping them out. So yeah, we'll we'll go over to Leicester as well, where James Madison won a penalty where he was tackled in inverted commas by Jamal Lascelles. Uh, never a penalty. I, I don't know how. Well, I can see how it was given in real time, but when you've watched it back from a few angles, I don't know if either of you have seen it. A uh, few angles, a little bit slowed down, normal time. You can see Lascelles is trying to pull out of this tackle, and it's Madison who clearly initiates contact. Which, again, like the click on Rudiger and Wambasaka on Thiago Silva, is a type of penalty that I thought VAR was trying to move away from, where either the player initiates contact or the touch is so minimal. Uh, it reminds me I don't know if you remember this but there was a penalty last season uh, Brighton got one against Liverpool where Danny Welbeck got his like tip of his toe stood on by Robertson 
and he slowed it down so much yeah. that it looked so yeah. bad and he got it and he equalised very late on. Um, and, and they pretty much use that in the summer as a, as a type of, you know, example of the type of penalty they really don't want to be giving because it looks so much worse when you're slowing it down and watching it from five angles. And this one, very similar to uh, to the Wambasaka and the uh, click on, uh, on Rudiger and Thiago Silva, where it looks so much worse. It just never was a penalty. Didn't make didn't make a difference anyway because Newcastle uh, got beat four nil. I think it was. The scoreline didn't really reflect the game. I think Leicester just took advantage of their moments. I think Newcastle had possession. I mean, as soon as they equalised, as soon as they conceded Newcastle, I thought they had the better of the last five, ten minutes of the second half and probably would have looked to have scored and then, you know, Leicester get the second and then the third and the fourth go in as well. But in terms of over the 90 minutes, I wouldn't say it was a 4-0 game. You know, um, I didn't think Leicester were that comfortable. They just were more clinical, simple as that. And uh, obviously United got a penalty. Wouldn't, wouldn't have been wouldn't have been right for, for those other three teams to uh, get a penalty and United not get one of the penalties uh, as well. So, yeah. um, but United from what I've seen... I've spent the whole day... Um, Moaning about penalties to Chelsea. Yeah, well, to be fair, I, I, I was I Quickly was moaning and laughing. At, yeah, I was moaning hell, and laughing yeah. about it. In, <laughs> I was moaning and laughing about it in in the woodlands. And Jay turned to me and went, "You won't be moaning when it's one 0 Ronaldo later." And I said, "I won't be." And that's that's what it turned out to be. So one 0 Ronaldo penalty, poor performance. Um, United kind of going back to the ways, which is half expected. You know, we had a little lift from the manager uh, against Palace, where we definitely deserved to more win more than one 0 but. We didn't deserve to win this one uh, at all. Um, I thought Norwich did really well, and you know if they keep playing, if they can raise the game like they did against us against you know the remaining games of the season, then they've got a really good chance of staying up despite them almost looking down. But I thought they played really well. They just lacked that creativity and obviously that killer touch that Neville said after the game. Had United pretty much been playing any one of the other eighteen teams that we could have, uh, we wouldn't have won that game. We probably would have lost it. So. Big win for United, back-to-back wins, back-to-back clean sheets for Alf, and a lovely penalty for us, which uh, we've not been short of in the last few seasons. Controversial penalty, in my opinion, Stan, because I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought Ronaldo fucking chucked himself to the floor for this. I'm with Dean Dean Smith. I didn't think this was a penalty. I thought it was soft, just like the Salah one, just like the the second Rudiger one. I thought it was... It was to be himself, Dean Smith. Well, I, I, I just thought that I, I didn't think it was a clear-cut penalty, and especially when it went to the VAR, they was looking at it. We've hammered it home on this podcast. I don't know what you think about it, Jim, but there can be contact and it not be a foul. Yeah. Yeah, but think, like, like yeah. we say, like, literally, we, we, I, I, you could say that for what, how many penalties were there this weekend? Like, how many was this time? Eight, was there? Eight. You, you could probably Eight. say it for more than half of them. <laughs> so yeah. It's literally, it's, it's not a good weekend for far, is what, the, the message from us is <laughs> I, yeah I would say anyway yeah I think I do get what you're saying Cook I do think there was minimal contact from Aaron's and uh, although it is cheating we do tend to look completely past it that Ronaldo uses experience to completely trick the uh, referee where he goes to jump but at the same time flings himself backwards so it looks like Aaron's arm on the shoulder is what's pulling him backwards and it def- it wasn't and the ball was over Ronaldo's head so you can te- you can see why he's throwing himself to the ground because let's be honest if Ronaldo thinks he has a chance of heading that in he doesn't go to ground because Aaron's isn't flinging him over um, but it's then it's another one of them where we, we seem to be saying it every week where that's given it's not going to be overruled and I think had uh, Darren England not had given that and it went I don't think they would have gone to the screen and, and said it was a penalty uh, again minimal contact and this is I'm 
I hope people don't think I'm being biased because I'm saying this for a lot, for all these teams that I thought that this is what VAR were trying to move away from, where it's tiny little nicks, click kicking the back of Rudiger's foot, uh, Salah and Mings colliding, and you know Ronaldo having his having uh, Max Aaron's arm on his shoulder and, and yeah, I've just seen that Ronaldo on, on the ground. And I so, reckon I, I reckon we see that every single game in the Premier League, yeah, in every single yeah. corner. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do, but it's 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 the way in which he falls because he's obviously yeah. been round the block and won enough penalties. He knows oh, yeah. this guy's got his he arm on his shoulder. If, if I act like I'm going to jump this, but jump backwards, it's going to look like he's pulled me down and not. But yeah, you can tell he's flung himself. But again, VAR aren't going to say it's it's enough to overturn. Just like had he not given it, I don't think he gives it as well. Which brings us back round to the fact: just make the fucking right decision. Embarrassing from the officials. Stop checking opinion. whether it's a clear and obvious error by the referee and check whether it's the right decision. I don't know why yeah. the clear and obvious... A really weird um, imbalance of refereeing at the Premier League games this, this year in introducing new like kind of rules to let Premier League games flow and not give as many fouls. So kind of get in the swing of things in a game where, yeah, you can not leave a bit on him, but you're not scared to go and attack anymore. And then, but then anything in the 18-yard box... He's literally like, yeah. you put a microscope on it and slow it down that's, as much yeah. as you can. It makes no sense because that's, you can't just stop playing outside the box like you do inside the box. It makes no sense. That's, so, that's the problem. And I th- yeah, I think you're right. I think until they stop watching penalties in super slow-mo from four different angles and check if there's any contact at all, because like Cook's already said, contact in the box doesn't make it a penalty. Even if you don't get sport? the ball, you can... Your legs can hit together whilst you're running. Your shoulders can hit together. You know, just because you've gone for the ball and you don't necessarily get it doesn't mean it's a penalty. And um, it's not so a VAR we, problem either because we can see... No, it's the not. Angles, the it's angles a personnel really problem. Good. Yeah, well, I mean, we can, yeah. we can watch... We literally, they slow yeah. down the angles and we go, no, come on, don't give that. But then they literally like, like squint in their eyes for a little bit of contact and then yeah. give it. But then if that was outside the box, they wouldn't even think twice because you just think logically, don't you? you yeah. Yeah. Until until they stop doing things like this, you're going to get these weekends where there's going to be three and four and five. And I doubt there'll be eight again, but I think Saturday there was 10 goals and half of them were penalties. I mean, that just is properly daft. So uh, they really need to, like I say, they said in the summer that these types of penalties won't be happening. So stop letting it Lied, Stan. They lied. They lied. Just like not, a not certain MP. Not lied. Liar. Liar. Mm. Liar. Liar. Oh, Very topical at the moment, liars. Yeah. Anyway, move on. Move on. Yeah. Pretty little liars. Got a secret. In it. Oh, shit. <gasps> oh. Okay, welcome back, ladies and gents. It's the time of the podcast where I can tell you how to win some money to treat your pig right before Christmas. So all ears now, I'll give you a winning bet. So Man United versus Brighton in the early. We've got Man United just to win this one. Roughly around one to two Man United at the moment. So I think that's a tasty price. Aston Villa followed, uh, sorry, Aston Villa versus Burnley. We're going to go Villa win for this one. Then we're going to go to Vicarage Road. They're playing Crystal Palace. Watford host Crystal Palace. We're going to go both teams to score in that one. And then we're going to finish off in the late kickoff in the 5.30. Leeds versus Arsenal. We're going to go Arsenal, both teams score results. So just to recap the bet of the week, we've got Man United just to beat Brighton at home. Aston Villa to beat Burnley at home. 
Watford Crystal Palace both teams to score at Vicarage Road and Leeds Arsenal both teams to score result Arsenal and lads what can the punters do with that information they can shove it up the rackers sorry we are on Zoom so if that was out then uh, that was a lovely delay Okay, welcome back, listeners. Again, it's that time of the week where if you're an Everton fan, you're going to feel sick. You're going to feel like shit. And no, not because it's Monday, because Everton lost again. And Stan, as a Toffees fan, not you personally, but as a listener, (laughs) um, there's some stats that you've kindly told me and Jim that don't make pretty reading for those Toffees fans. So share them for us. They don't. We did mention mention them a fortnight ago, and yes, they have actually got worse since then. Um, so in the last 10 Premier League games, they've uh, got four points from the possible 30. Um, winning one winning one and drawing one. Beating Arsenal, obviously, recently, and drawing at home 0-0 <laughs> to Tottenham. Uh, since then, they've had the worst ever defeat in a um, Liverpool derby, Merseyside derby, should I say, uh, 4-1 at home to Liverpool. They lost yesterday to Crystal Palace, which was the first time, I think, in the Premier League era, or at least in 27 years since they lost away at Palace. So, oh, and not to mention Josh King returning to Goodison after being absolutely shafted with his contract and promises under Ancelotti and scoring a hat-trick and uh, winning 5-2 with, with the Hornets. So, not a good time at all. Um, I mean, topped off by yesterday's result, like I say, 3-1 to Crystal Palace. Embarrassing by Seamus Coleman to try and get the ball at Jeffrey Schlupp, who then missed and Conor Gallagher scored a brilliant goal, who I'm sure we'll get onto from the Palace side of things very quickly at the end. Um, but yeah, surely Rafa Benitez has to go, Jim. He can't survive this anymore. It seems a little bit like one of those things where are they waiting for a nice run of fixtures? Do they want to get December out of the way? What are your thoughts on it? Well, um, if I could play the BBC breaking news, I could. I would do it right now because um, I'm hearing today that um, Mr. Ornstein has reported that Solskjaer has been contacted, so it might be fake not account, long. That, Jim. Is it a fake account? Yeah. Work have been done by the Twitter gods. <laughs> Either way, I, this was me searching on Google, you know, as well. Oh well, they've been done because it was definitely it was an Ornstein with a zero, I think. Brilliant. Don't you just love Twitter? Oh, Normal people. That's a bug. <laughs> either way, either way, either way. It wouldn't surprise me if so if that was actually true in furnace. Because it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be, I don't think it'd be a bad appointment. Um and with you mentioning good run of fixtures, I believe Everton, I think they've made who, who are they at this weekend? I think they got a hard game this week. Chelsea on Chelsea. Thursday. Chelsea on Thursday and then I think you play like Leicester. Leicester at home. It's quite hard. After that, that, Everton have like six or seven really nice fixtures. Yeah, they Um, do, Jim. I've got them here for you, mate. They've got Burnley away, Newcastle at home, Brighton at home, followed by Norwich away. So I I honestly don't think Rafa makes Christmas and I think it's (laughs) rightly because he, 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 he had a really good start um, I fell for him because his best players got injured. Uh, Decore was really important. Calvert-Lewin, obviously, he had a, cl- a really good start to the season. There's a few others in there who got injured. But the mo- more recent weeks, it's been a long few weeks now, it's just been Calvert-Lewin who's out. So you can't use that excuse anymore. Um, it's not even an injury-plagued team. I think Carragher was mentioning it last week when he played Arsenal. He only had Digny out for that game. And he played amazingly against Arsenal. 
And somebody else mentioned it on Sky yesterday that it's such a weird decision by Rafa to go at Arsenal and put in one of their big performances. Like Everton can, and we know they can. And then go to Palace and just defend and just do nothing. So it's a complete... You're caught between Olympic. You don't know how to play. You take off Richarlison after like an hour. He was by far your best player. Um, and I'm not a big fan of himself, but he is. He's, he's, he's the talent in the Everton front line, if they have any, at the minute. Yeah, I um, mean, yeah. I don't know yeah. if you saw. Did you watch the game yesterday? I watched, you know, I watched the last part of it. And it was, I would, um, I, it was a compilation of Seamus Coleman um, antics for me. So yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was, um, I think it was about the 58th minute. They, they were 1 0 down, and Benitez decided to sub Rondon, who's easily a stone overweight, on for Richie Allison when they were 1 0 down with over half an yeah, hour left. That's which what Richie I mean. didn't hey, like. He scored. Which was, which was actually, well, you know, at, at the time, it, it, it seemed like a pretty weird decision. And it was also greeted by the Toffee fans who were singing Fat Spanish Waiter and um, <sighs> then also sang Richarlison's song for a good five minutes after he'd been substituted. Yeah. So it seems, if you're away fans are turning on the manager who tend to be the most hardcore in support, then it really does seem like the right was on also, the wall for Rafael. He was also he never going to get, in any like dark period the fact Everton fans were never going to get behind Rafa and rightly so so yeah. it was set, it was set up to fail and he has failed and <coughs> I honestly think it's the honest thing you, you probably get rid of him after this week probably yeah he, he, I mean Cook should he ever have even gone there anyway I know it's easy to be to be wise afterwards but like Jim's already said as soon as it started going wrong and we know that for Everton it does very often go wrong he was never going to have any slack at all. So would you think it was kind of doomed from the off or do you think it was the right decision when they appointed him? Three-year contract, by the way. Yeah, I think, I mean, I have an opinion on Rafa Benitez that I'm not sure 100%, well, 100% of people really appreciate that opinion, but I'll say it anyway. I think he's a shit manager. I genuinely do think he's a shit manager. I mean, he was employed as our caretaker manager in 2013. I didn't want him then. And he was only there to the end of the season. He's since gone and managed Newcastle, who got them, they got relegated under him. They then offered him a new contract when they got relegated to the Championship. Who does that? An approved contract when you go down to the Championship. Newcastle gave him one, he got them back up. He's since, as soon as someone flashes their arse with a bigger bag, he went to China and took a massive payday but he loves Newcastle remember that he loves Newcastle loves the fans um, and then went straight to Everton for again loves the bag because let's be honest he knew it couldn't work out ex-Liverpool manager manages Everton on a three-year deal with a club that needs a complete rebuild it was never yeah. going to work but I think he's so average he's just so average as a manager in my opinion he's yeah. lucky to get this job so lucky but- yeah. But is that why he's stuck it? Is it a case of like... Yeah, he's he stuck it because he'll never get it better. He'll never get a better yeah. job at this moment in time, in my opinion. Yeah. He, he knows himself. Like he, 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 you know, he was a great manager. He was really good at Liverpool. And he probably knows himself that now he's not a Premier League manager. Um, probably he's been given Madrid. A, yeah, he's been given a chance to live somewhere he likes living. So managing the best league in the world, probably decent money. A good deep-sized <laughs> contract. Yeah, so he, he's built up to number one, and you can't blame him. But it was never going to work out. Yeah, he, he never should have gone there. Like Cook said, Liverpool legend, Champions League winner for Liverpool, uh, pushed them all the way for the title in in two thousand nine, and did good work there. But I mean, it, it goes against every basic, you know, understanding and, and you know belief that we have for football. You know, I, I mean, it doesn't even matter if he was brilliant. I mean, if 
if Jurgen Klopp became available tomorrow, he shouldn't be going to Everton. Like it, it just for me, I don't know if it if I'm old fashioned or whatever, but I just don't think that things like that should be happening in football. It's the very basic nature of everything that all fans and and you know the tribalism and the rivalries should stand for. I don't I don't mind it to be honest with you, Stan. I I, I, well, I appreciate it's a it's not a career that lasts forever, especially in management. You you can, well. So I I on the flip side, I respect. For example, I've seen it all, Mourinho. As my favourite ever Chelsea manager has managed Tottenham and Man United. And yeah. at the time when it happened, I hated it. But if you take a step back, realise it's not a long career. And yeah. let's be honest, he's done shit at United and he did even shitter at Tottenham. So who really uh, Yeah, well, I'm, I'm with Stan. I'm with I suppose, Stan. Yeah. My favourite Man City manager is, is Mancini. But if Mancini went to United, like, yeah, he has been linked as well. Um, no, it wouldn't be for me. I, I wouldn't no. like it. No, and that's that's uh, United fans would feel exactly the same way from the other other end of that scale. But um, yeah, Everton have got to get rid of Benitez. Maybe you know chuck him up, chuck him in the uh, lion's den for uh, this Chelsea game because you don't want to bring a manager in for that. And then you give it to a uh, big dunk until you can can. There's there's a few managers about like you've already mentioned Solskjaer. I'd be surprised if one Everton fancied him and two he fancied coming back to the Premier League. I think United was the only job for him. But you've got Kike Setien who was at Barca as well as. As Ernesto Valverde, you've got Lucien you Favre, uh, and you've got Frank young. Lampard as well. So uh, there, there's a few there that you could you, you could take a risk on. Yeah, Cook showing me Frank Lampard, you won't be able to see, but he's showing me Frank Lampard. And Jesse March has just become available, sacked by Leipzig. So Rudy Garcia, Jim, I know you know of. So there are managers there that they can take the time and maybe bring in in January and, and you know give them a signing or two. You, you know, I think it wouldn't be a who wouldn't be a bad decision for Everton. To give Dunk half a season. Well, yeah, yeah. If that happens, that happens. When, yeah. when he when he took over before Ancelotti, he did really well, and the fans he loved did. him. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't. I don't think you have to rush into a decision now. No, you don't. And they've already wasted so much money already. Obviously, yeah. with sacking and obviously poor signings. But last thing on this game, lads. Just last thing on this. Man of the match, rightfully so. Obviously, I'm biased, so I'll ask the question, Jim. Six goals and three assists this season in, I believe, 15 league games for Conor Gallagher. Yeah. How high is this lad's ceiling? Um, the England team. Uh, that's the England team next next World Cup. That's, that's what you can get to. Yeah, easy. Really good player. Um, works hard. Great technically. Um, can finish, pass. Beautiful eyes, by the way, guys. Don't actually see them. Oh, some <laughs> piercing I, I blue. Could get lost. I could get lost in them. No, great player. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he broke into the England team for November. He's in the level. He's the Smith Rowe level for me this season. Yeah, he was he, he was in the last England squad, wasn't he? I think he came on, was it against San Marino? So he's yeah, already he's been in and around the squad. So it wouldn't surprise me if yet. Well, no, it would more surprise me if he wasn't in it. I think he's been brilliant. Jim asked me for my team of the year so far and he was in it with a few, you know, really elite names and he fully deserves to be there as much as anyone else. Yeah, in a position does. to Southgate... Um, it's got a lot of options um, and yeah. maybe not an elite kind of like all, all round in the midfield. In the midfield. The Declan Rice has come on a lot I think and Calvin Phillips but Jude Bellingham as yeah, well I mean Bellingham, but, Bellingham Gallagher and Rice it's not a bad midfield three. Looks, it looks great for England and yeah I, I really like him that's, that's all yeah. I can say about him Hello and welcome back to the fun section. You've listened to us waffle on. We're on to the games now. Enough of that bollocks. And if you've skipped all the way through, then fuck you. Go back and listen to it. 
It's Who Am I? And this one is provided by keen listener and uh, cookie monster himself, Joe, from the Country Robins chat. Little shout out to him. He's provided us with three. Provided us with three. So I'll aim to get through all three. If not, we'll have to have two. But uh, thank you for the third one. So are you both ready? Yeah. Okay. So the first clue is... I was my club's record transfer in 2018, so it has since been broken. Maratta. No. 2018. Uh, I thought I got it. It's a good guess. Let's go with... uh, uh, Rodri. Oh, both very good guesses, but no. I currently captain my club and national side. Fuck. Oh. Um. Record-breaking transfer in 2018, since been broken at his club, and he captains that club and the national side. I had someone in my head, but he was transferred before 2018. Ugo Lloris. Who was it? Was gonna, it was going to be Lloris, yeah. but... Um, very good guess, but it's not. Long time before 2017. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have a bit of a punt, and I think he may have signed for Aston Villa prior to this, but I'm going to go John again. Okay, nice shout. It's not him, though. Um, Jeez, this is hard. Is that no, two good not. guesses, though. Two good um, statements, though. Yeah. Well, I guess. I don't know any national team captains, but... Do you pass? <laughs> yeah, I'll pass, I'll pass, I'll keep thinking. Okay, so this one might open it up a little bit, although it's, it's um, yeah, but I'll just say it. <laughs> I have won the cup in France, Germany and England, but I never won a league title. In any of those countries or just England? Sorry. So he's won a cup in each of those countries, but he's never won the league title in any of those countries. Okay. France, Germany and England, but he's never won the league. Is it Granny Xhaka? Oh, it's a very good guess, but it's not him. Thank you. Yeah, twenty eighteen actually. It is right, January twenty eighteen, and the fee was around sixty million at the time. Stan, can I have a punt? Of course, yeah. You've not had your punt yet. Uh, I'm gonna go for Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. It's Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Well done. Cups for Saint Etienne, Dortmund, and Arsenal. That's what I was thinking, lad. I was thinking when you said, said that about January, a, yeah, yeah, he said he was a topical one. So um, I am an AC Milan academy graduate, his fourth, and I have been the top scorer in both Germany and England. Was the fifth one? So Aubameyang, well done, cut. You got that on the third clue. I'm pretty sure he off. played for was it South Shields as well in Newcastle. He had a trial with. Oh, it might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday, Sunday league side Somebody or semi pro side. Sorry, but yeah. Okay, no, so you I ready for the next yeah. one? Yes, sir. Ready? We'll go through because I do want to try and get all three in because he's done three for us. So the first clue on the second one is I have played in the Scottish Premiership. (laughs) Alan Hunt. Kenny Miller. Alan Hunt. Kenny Miller. No, strong, (laughs) strong bald Scottish players, but uh, both wrong. Second clue. I reached the semi-finals of the 98 (laughs) World Cup and the 2000 and 2004 Euros. Gattuso. Semi-finals. Sem, uh, semi-finals 98 World Cup and the 2000 and 2004 Euros it's not good too so I'll have to take that guess good good guess though yeah 
Played at Rangers, uh, lest we forget. He did, he did, yeah. It's a good guess. Maybe slightly older player than me. Late 90s, early noughties. Also mid 90s as well. He was playing back then. Um, Any I guesses, Jim? I should have moved on. Yeah, move on. I'm a fraud of football knowledge. I was the highest cap player for my country, but currently sitting third with 112 caps and 13 goals. Giovan Bronkhorst. It's a good guess. It's a very strong guess, but it's not him. Any goals? 12 goal, uh, 13 goals in 112 games. That's a full-back, wing-back, back third, third highest for his country. So there's two people with more than 112, so it's a very established nation in um, European football. I don't even know if he's played in Scotland. Um, Edgar Davids. Good guess. I'll tell you both that you're both on the right track with those two guesses. Did he play in Scotland? No. Uh, I don't think he did, but That's you're right. on the right track. Put it that way. <laughs> Um, Barrow, sorry. I was Next. part of the great Ajax side in the mid-90s before following my coach to Barcelona. Testing United's football knowledge here. He followed Louis van Gaal to Barcelona, if you want a little extra clue. Clarence Adolf. It's a very strong guess, but it's not him. Don't think he's ever played in the SPL. Yeah, he played for uh, St. Johnston. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> 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 Any guesses? Play for Stranraer? Or Hibs? Oh, Hibs. <laughs> Give me that! It's got <laughs> Any guesses? Um, so, just to recap, just to recap, you've played in the Scottish Premiership. Yeah. They reached the semis of the 98 World Cup, the 2000 and 2004 Euros. He's the third highest for his country with 112 caps and 13 goals. And he was part of the great Ajax side that won the Champions League in 95. And he followed Louis van Gaal to Barcelona. I don't know. I'm gonna just guess over Mars. It's a it's a strong guess, Jim. I think he was slightly later than that ninety-five team, but still good good guess. Um and the last one is I was branded as the worst manager in Premier League history. Ronald Koeman. No. Frank De Boer. Oh yeah. Frank De Boer. Jim spun a little bit Boer. earlier then. I just I just plugged, I just put my finger over me. Yeah. Right, so I'll do the third one dead quick. Yeah, fuck it, go on. I started in my native league, becoming my club's youngest ever captain before spending the rest of my career in Serie A. The rest of his career in Serie A? Yeah, so native league, club's youngest ever captain, but then he spent the rest of his career in the Serie A in Italia. Javier Zanetti. That's a very good guess. Strong guess from the off there from Jim. Cook, your guess, please, if you've got one. I'm going to guess... Uh, you know what? I'll go for Zambrotto. Another strong guess, but he was already he was always in Italy, his native... native. Oh, no, I said native league, so he could have been lower down. Fair enough. That's what I thought. Um, maybe, sorry, sorry. I am the manager at the club where my career began. And we'll be managing in the and I managed in the Europa League this season. Oh, okay. Um He's put I will manage, but these are quite an old one, so he would have managed it this season with said right. club. Um uh, I don't know if fucking manages anymore. 
Serie A club. We should get this on as close to <laughs> Well, you know it's a European club because it's in the Europa League, so you can forget any South Americans and stuff. Though. Yeah. Oh shit! Where he, where he first started, he managed. Yeah, so he's at the club, but not not the club that he ended up in the Serie A. The club right, where okay. he first started and was the club's yeah. youngest captain. So that's it what could I was be a random or it could be a random club in a in a strong nation or. Yeah, that's where I was getting confused. No, yeah. He's not the manager of the club he spent the rest of his career at. He's the manager of the first club he started at um, in his native league. I'm going to pass this one. Okay. Do you want the next one, Jim? Yeah, give us the next one. Okay, so clue number three. At Lazio, I played in midfield alongside Pavel Nedved, Diego Simeone and Juan Sebastian Veron. Oh he won God. the title under, I think it was Sven, wasn't it, Jim? Sven Goran Eriksson. About oh, yeah. Well, he, the turn he of the century Millennium, sorry, not century. Who was that? So <laughs> well, got, century. Who was that? In midfield again. Um, Nedved, Simeone, and Veron. So he was the fourth in in said four four two. I'm guessing back in those half, days. Half decent midfield, that. Yeah, this guy's an half decent midfielder as well. Is it? Yeah. Reckon he played for against a new and B this year. Struggling players. Nay, nay, you won't have gone yeah. in though. Any guesses? I'm going to go with Simone uh, and Zaghi. Good guess, but it's not him. Yeah, he's currently manager of uh, Lazio. Is it Inter or somebody? Oh yeah, Inter from Lazio. Yeah, Inter, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, um. I'm shit, me. Right. Well, I'll do another one. Yeah, keep going. Might not help you, but it might. You'll have to. You'll have to think outside the box for this one. I am famous for representing three different nations at the World Cup. Think about. Stankovic. Whoa, Dejan Stankovic there. Boo. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Um, what are they called? Yugoslavia. Now? Yeah, Yugoslavia. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Um, Czechoslovakia. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, and then just Serbia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Three different countries, three different nations at the World Cup. And the fifth one was. I was a member of Inter's treble winning side. I scored a famous goal from the halfway line past Manuel Neuer in a Champions League yeah, quarterfinal. That would have been the giveaway. Dejan Stankovic. Who is he manage? Who does he manage? A Serbian. I don't actually well, know. It's some Serbian club. He might yeah. not still be. Let's have Third a look. Play. Third play. Uh, Red Star Belgrade. There yeah. you go. Red Star Serbia. Belgrade. Didn't know that. Very big Serbian historic club. club as well. Probably the best. Probably the biggest and the best Serbian club. So there you go. Well. Dejan Stankovic. Frank De Boer and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Those three of your five aside for Thursday night, Jim. Jim, honestly. Oh, us two and then three. How does it feel, Jim? You've been swept. You've been swept this week. Oh, he did. Yeah, he got all three. Three Pete for me. There's been some, do you know what? Wow. There's been some bloody good players that have been swept in their career, and I'm one of them. Wow. Well, there you go. You can't get any better than that. So club. modest. He's accepted so modest. It. I went to the MEM once and seen Phil Taylor lose 7-0 to Van Gerwen, and Phil Taylor got swept, so... Well, well you know. if he can get swept, anyone can. Anyone's not embarrassing. There you the go. power. <laughs> I got the power. Okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yes, welcome back, listeners. As you can tell by that illustrious theme music, that iconic theme music. It is the champions. 
Times wow. two, not once. Only press play again. Oh, was that you? No, <clears throat> sorry. No, 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 no. Oh, I'll, I'll blush. I'll blush. Too shy. Too shy. Uh, but <laughs> but no. So good, lads. They did the Champions League draw twice today, partially because of Stan's team, Man United. But we uh, we announced the draw, so I'll go for it. You can check this out on our Twitter as well. But just to announce the redraw, RB Salzburg played Bayern Munich. Sporting Lisbon played Manchester City. Benfica played Ajax. Chelsea play Lille again. Atletico Madrid host Man United. Villarreal host Juventus. Inter Milan entertain Liverpool. And then the creme de la creme for a neutral, Paris Saint-Germain versus Real Madrid. And lads, we actually did a little poll on our Twitter at Cookie Podcast one if you want to go and check it out, ladies and gents. But we actually did a poll underneath our initial tweet to say, due to the draw being done twice, who suffers the most or who got screwed the most with a redraw? And we could only do four options. So we did RB Salzburg, Real Madrid, Inter Milan or Liverpool. So lads, currently RB Salzburg are on 24%, Real Madrid on a whopping 48%, Inter Milan on 5% and Liverpool on 23%. So Stan, starting with you, who do you think got screwed the most? Uh, it's got to be Madrid, I'd agree with that. I mean, not only did they go from Benfica to buying uh, PSG, um, they also actually pushed for the redraw to happen after they drew uh, Benfica, so to carry on with the remaining teams after that and were told that, you know, if they were going to redraw it, they were redrawing it all. But Madrid, Madrid's stance was, well, the mistake only happened after ours was drawn. But um, So, yeah, not only did they fight for that and lose that, they went from Benfica to PSG. So, yeah, undoubtedly for me, the biggest losers. Yeah, Jim, I'll ask you as well. Yeah, you can't, you can't look past that, can you? The, the, the biggest gap there is Benfica to PSG. Um, but, yeah, what a farce. Uh, do you know what? It's usually quite boring, so I thoroughly enjoyed it all. I like to think they did it on purpose to get numbers yeah. talking of it. You, it won't surprise <laughs> me. Great yeah, content. The best, the best uh, rivalry currently is Perez versus UEFA. Um, because he he was trying to argue that as soon as they were drawn against Benfica, that flights have already been booked by fans, accommodation has already been booked by fans, so you would only be screwing over the good, hard-working fans. You know those same good, hard-working fans that you're going to screw over with the European Super League? Um, You you say what you want about Perez, but he looks after the little man. (laughs) What? His his knob? He looks after his own little knob? He does. (laughs) But no, like it, like you said, it's hard, it's hard to disagree with, uh, obviously, Real Madrid getting screwed. Just to do it almost a before and after. So round one, um, just, to, just to let everybody know. So they got Benfica initially, and then they got Drew secondary uh, with Paris Saint-Germain. Salzburg were originally drawn against Liverpool. They ended up getting a tie with Bayern Munich. So theirs got exponentially worse. They want uh, a third one. Yeah, so third one down, we've got Inter, who got Ajax first, and now they've ended up with Liverpool. So, yeah, I, I feel for the Inter there, to be honest with you, actually. They had Ajax, but then again, Ajax did win six from six, and then not to be sniffed at. But yeah, you're obviously going to want Ajax over Liverpool. And then, last but not least, we've got, uh, we've got Real Madrid uh, and PSG, because obviously PSG drew Man United initially, and then they got Real Madrid second time round, so... Yeah, I think I think it all isn't fair. But any standout ties for you there, Stan? 
Um, well, obviously, personally, United at Letty, they've only played each other twice uh, competitively, and that was uh, over 30 years ago now. So uh, interesting to see them two go up ahead against each other in my lifetime. It'll be the first time anyway. Obviously, Madrid, uh, Madrid PSG is up there as well. And I think Inter-Liverpool will be interesting. I mean, it's, it'll be the uh, second time they'll be going to the San Siro consecutively. Liverpool with their last group game being there as well. So I'll keep my eye on all of them, obviously. But I mean, just on face value, there's a you know a good four or five there that you can pretty much say they'll go through, they'll go through. You know, City, Bayern, Chelsea, those three off the top of my head that I'd expect to go through comfortably over the two legs. So yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. I'm glad they got it uh, sorted for uh, for the second time and didn't manage to cock up. So uh I did like Michael. I'll just have to mention Michael Owen's uh, quote. I don't know if you managed to see it, but it was absolutely no, classic not. Michael Owen. Um, let me try and find it. He said, so this is just before uh, they went in for the redraw. You'll like this, uh, Jim and Cut. This is, it's very, it's, it's true. It cannot be argued with, but it's very Michael Owen. So he actually said, everyone is going to have a better or worse draw unless you draw the same team. So very factual there from Michael Owen. Uh, you can't really argue with it, but uh, it's not something that anybody needed telling. I don't think so. Yeah, a few, a few. He's, he's right. Some have got a better, better draw. Right. Some have got a worse draw. Some it, have got the same team. So maybe he has missed it, Mike. After all, it reminds me of a certain um, PE teacher in high school telling the football team that listen, lads, if we score more goals than them, we will win. And he was both right. Well, you can't argue with with these things that these people are saying, and that's why they get paid the big money. But um, yeah, no, absolute shit show by UA for the first time, putting the wrong balls. They put the United and Madrid balls in with Villarreal when they were same group, same nation. Uh, they put Liverpool in with Atleti, who were in the same group. They forgot to put the United ball in with Atleti. So uh, Atleti only had five teams, I think it was, when they should have had United as the six. So it was just all over the place, absolute shit show and. I mean, it's not like they do anything else throughout the fucking year, is it? UEFA's big thing, massive thing, is the draw for the Champions League, particularly the one from the group stage to the knockouts. And they managed to get it wrong. And not only did they get it wrong, but they, they managed to blame their, uh, the technical company that, that arranged it, arranges everything for them. So they even said that it wasn't their fault. It's not our fault. So Very complicated. And they got a whole 16 balls to Yeah, themselves. I know. Crazy, crazy. I mean, me and Jim did, me and, me and you used a website to do our own draw and it took us about 30 seconds and there were no issues. And that's on a website that some yeah, like 20-year-old 20, 20 lads probably made for his college fucking degree. You wait for just a little family-run business, Dan. They've been really under it in COVID. So, um... The grafters, they weren't really hard. As um, a City fan, I'm actually looking forward to avenging the game against Sporting Lisbon I remember being a wee nipper and Europa going League. Europa League in the oh, over maybe 15 years ago now 2011 um, mate and right at the end Joe Hart had a header <coughs> and it would have sent us through because um, he got knocked out on away goals and Joe Hart literally the last kick of the game had a header saved and then the ref blew up and it was it was such a good game we lost 3-2 went away out on away goals so revenge is on the cards Wow. <clears throat> wow. There we go. Sporting are waiting for that. I'm sure they'll be uh, having sleepless nights remembering <laughs> in that one. They'll remember. Um, maybe get Joe Hart back in. Maybe he can avenge himself as well. Not only he yeah. can leave Celtic and uh, and stop doing head and shoulders adverts. But no cut. I mean, do you want to? Are we going to do some sort? I know last year we did, well, last season we did predictions and a forfeit. Are we going to be doing something like that again for the listeners? Well, funny you should say that, Stan. So, 
I think what we're going to do is by popular demand, uh, every week that there's a Champions League week, I think on a Thursday or Wednesday evening, we're going to record a little 20 minute, almost little roundup of the of the round, especially now we're in the actual knockout of it. I feel like that might be something that we can do. A few people have asked us about it now and said that other podcasts do something quite similar. So, I mean, keep your eye out for that. I'm sure that's something we can do. We'll be getting guests and stuff like that on as and when. Yeah, so obviously Stan did the forfeit of Dabom um, last season and obviously he's still shitting for England now. But <laughs> but I think closer to these ties, I think they are, is it February? I could be wrong, but I think it's early yeah. February, these ties. I'm sure we'll get another graphic sorted and we'll do predictions either. Uh, actually, no, we'll do predictions on the lead up to the uh, the actual game week of that Champions League and then we can discuss after that but yeah I'm thinking the bomb again Stan that's what I'm thinking as a forfeit wow okay I can't be losing this man then I'll tell you that much an eyeball shot of the bomb oh fucking hell (laughs) you'd be taking a trip to Specsavers the next day and buying a monocle they've got great customer service they do, yeah. Yeah, put your reviews on TripAdvisor for our Specsavers. They're our, they saw, they saw our me sponsors. Right sponsors. We do all wear glasses, so they are our unofficial sponsors. Um, yeah, so go and give them five stars, guys. Thanks. Um, hello, listeners, and welcome back to Elevenable. Um, me and Stan have actually swapped this week. I did swear my and. Now this week I'm doing an 11 ball. Um, just keep it fresh for the listeners, you know. That's important. And I've got a topical 11 for us guys to get through. And I will admit, it's harder than maybe you'd think this, this week. Um, we talked earlier about Rafa Benitez. Um, and how may, maybe, maybe on Sunday, the loss to Palace was his last game managing in Merseyside. But when was the last time you managed in Merseyside... Um, we actually left Liverpool in 2010, um, at the end of the 2009-10 season. So I've given you a lovely game here. Last game of the season, and it means nothing. So Liverpool <laughs> playing some dossers. They played Hull, and they drew nil-nil at Hull. <laughs> um, and yeah, the only clue I give you is they played they played a three back and one up front. So I think that's a three-six-one. <laughs> it wasn't. It, it was a bit mad. Yeah, now. So I can't even give you any clues of who played word because I don't think Benitez himself knew on the day. So, yeah. Is this one where we okay. work together, Stan, because it's so obscure? Are we against each other until one fouls out? Sub, no, you know what, you, no, you know what, you're against each other because you'll know, you might not know one player, but you'll know all of them. It's all just right, whether, because anyone can start. So Can we go against each other until one of us loses and then we'll finish off the rest? Yeah, of course. Because at least then we have a definitive winner. Stan, you go first if you want, mate. If not, I'll okay. Go first. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, Emiliano Insua. Wow. Emiliano Insua did not start that game. Stan, I've got a throwback for my guess, and you'll be like, oh, oh fucking hell, he played for Liverpool. Actually, scored against Everton once upon a time as well. Albert Riera. Oh, I think Albert Riera left mid not start that game oh, do you remember him though Stan yeah of course yeah I think he we well, went City as well Spaniard he did, he did. Um, oh fucking hell uh, oh, Owen two. wait can I ask what season this was oh, no, no, the end of the 9-10 season there you go 9-10 
Um, lovely nil nil. A lovely nil nil. Do you know how Chelsea got on that day? They beat Wigan 8 nil. Hey, uh, United beat Stoke. Yeah, yeah. We needed, yeah, we needed Wigan to do summer, and they didn't. Um, <laughs> you needed Wigan to do a lot, not summer. <laughs> Fucking hell! Uh, I'm trying to think if he played against us. Uh, David and Go. David and Go. Oh, you've hit the post there because he's on the bench. He came on. Oh fuck's sake! So uh, I'm out already. Wrong call. So no, no, no. If I get it wrong, if I get it wrong. Yeah, this is cooked to win. Yeah, if I get it wrong, okay. we're sudden death. If you get it wrong, we'll do sudden death. All right, I'm going to go Daniel Agger. Daniel Agger wins it for Cook. He oh, is. Oh, he played a safe one. Seriously. Nah, because you know what? He'll rotate. I thought Martin Kelly's there. Squirtle Squad's there. Steve Finnan's knocking about somewhere. I thought this we, can, um, we can work can I... together and on, try and I... get some now. Alberto yeah. Aquilani. Yeah, that's a weird one. Alberto Aquilani did start. Yes! Okay. Uh, that came off for Danny Pacheco Does that get you a clue there? wow Jesus that's a throwback um, Desena oh, that's good on that no Desena didn't <laughs> Skirtle Skirtle on the bench in bank one Sammy Hippie is still there Sammy Hippie it might have been but he wasn't on the squad Martin Kelly not in the squad <laughs> There's some obvious ones you are missing, to be fair. Yeah, yeah but you were yeah. fucking um, shit. Ryan, uh, Ryan Babble, Stan? Oh, Ryan Babble, yeah. Ryan Babble started, yeah. Okay, Came so off in the 88th so we've got a centre mid, Jack centre Robinson. Back. Okay, yeah, centre mid, centre back and a striker. Uh, Vorin in. Oh, that's good. No. Oh, fuck's sake. Torres. Dirk Coit. Dirk Coit is right. He was a long Okay, track. so we're going two. We're going two thing here, yeah, Cole. Two you shit. are. You are. Yeah, you are Carragher. Two shit. Yeah, Carragher. Come on, the sneezy okay. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, we're going a little bit too. Uh, Arbaloa. Have we had him? Oh, that's a great shout. No, he's not on this team. Oh, Come on, he's um, the most obvious one. Stevie G. Stevie G. Yeah, Stevie Come on, man. Let's Okay. Aquiline and Gerard are in there. Chabby Alonso? No. No, Mash. Mascherano, yep, Mash. side. <laughs> He's a mash. It's a good team. You've only got, got two, four to go. Um, no, Pe- got Pepe Reina in that. Pepe Reina's in that, yeah. Uh, and okay, what are we so missing now? Left back. You're missing a centre back. No. You're missing um, a centre back and a free back. You're missing a oh, right shit. midfielder that I will admit I've never heard of. And you're oh, missing a defensive midfielder. <laughs> oh, Cinema Pongo. No, <laughs> I've heard of him. Oh. Uh, okay, uh, the Beatles four one. I'm just imagining that horrible grey kit at Old Trafford. Yeah, Is Pennant still there? Um, he's not in the team. No, he might have been on tag for that one, Stan. <laughs> um, um, no, he was on tag. <laughs> uh, right. So we need Center left. Off. We need wing back. Have we not no, 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 you, no. They didn't play wing. This is what I mean. Yeah. You, I don't actually think they played wing back. Oh, they didn't play three no. at the back. Okay, let me just think of shit Liverpool players. Oh, they played game. wingers at wing back anyway. Yeah. So what do we need? Centre back and a right winger and a defensive midfielder. Defensive midfielder, right? Come on, come on, Kel. Uh, centre back. So they've got you can, you can get you can get the centre mid, you can get the defensive midfielder easy. Come on. Charlie Adam. No. Christian Poulsen. No. Oh, that was a good guess. That we've time. said Chabby. We've said Mash. We've said... All right, you got some clues? Schmitz. No. 
No. Haman. No. Oh, no. No, it's well too late. Yeah. Oh, Lucas Leiva. Lucas Leiva. Oh. Big fascist himself. Yes. Allegedly. Uh, no, allegedly. Don't have to say that. All right, not allegedly. For the first time ever. Right wing. And Centre you don't back. know who he is. Yeah, don't think, think go on, give us a clue, give us a clue. Because people listening uh, this are probably in pain, so yeah, go on. Yeah. Okay, this the, the, the centre back it is a Eastern European. Um probably can't spell his name if you tried. That's a clue, I guess. Oh fuck. Eastern European. See, see if Jim didn't say that, I would have said Quartes. I know he's not Eastern European, but that was me guess before that. Uh, oh, they had Kyriakos as well, didn't they? No, not Eastern European either. There he is. Um, Greek, isn't it? Greek, isn't it? That, that's East, isn't it? No, no that's, East like, is East. That, it's like Mediterranean, that South, I'd say. East is East, as Cook said. Right, okay, my joke East is East. East is East. Damn, that's such a pull from you. That's class. He was shit, him. He was class. All right, I literally cannot give you a clue about this right winger. Oh, just tell us who it is, Jim. Put it in um, our fucking Has misery. anyone ever heard of? A guy called Nabil Elzar. Yeah, yeah, he went to Spain. Yeah, yeah he went to Spain, I think. Was it fucking Baleomid or somewhere like that? It was somewhere like that, yeah. He went, went to La Liga. He was on La Liga for years. Well, oh, yeah, that, that's, that's who started. That he was a career the first start of the beast, season. man. Elzar, man. It was. Kyriak, wow. So run through that team again for us, Jim. Yes. So that... See, this is where I don't, I don't know who played where, but right it was... Um, Three, six, one. Okay, right. Pepe Reina in there. He, he, on, BB, on the Premier League website, it's one of the three six one. Uh, Pepe Reina, uh, Danny Agger, Kiriakos, and Carragher, a centre back. Um, I can imagine you could get him behind that pretty easily. Um, Elzar, a right wing. Gerard, Akpolani, Mascherano, and Lever in midfield somehow. Diamond. Um, and Ryan Babel, uh, left wing. On his own. And then Dirk Pye up front. Wow, legend. It's very surprising it took them 30, 30 years to win the league. Yeah, um, just shout way. out to some, some of the lads who played for Hull that day. Just uh, Paul McShane um, was on the bench. Oh, um, Shay Alakinjana was on the bench. <gasps> um, not in his, Giovanni. Not at Jay's house. Mm, that's weird. Giovanni. Wow. Not in Jay's house, no. Um, Jan Venegor Hessley died up front. Celtic wow. legend. And last but not least, um, George Boateng. Oh, wow. Borough legend? Yeah, George Boateng. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some other players there, but that's just the ones I will uh, pick out. Wow. There you go. Fucking love what a great time. Three, six, one. Bring it back, baby. So, ladies and gents, it's that time of the podcast, the shittest time of the podcast, because we have to love you and leave you. But have no fear. I'm about to tell you where you can find us when we're not making podcasts. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram using our at cookiepodcast1. That's at cookiepodcast followed by the number one. We're on YouTube as well. Just search in. That's the way the cookie crumbles. You can see us in clip form there. If you don't have time to listen to the pod in its entirety, we're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But if you don't have any of them, go straight to our host platform at Anchor FM. They're available on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, it's been a episode 124 of That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles. And yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles, lads. Do it. <laughs>